0: I just want to thank the church uh, for all their support um, with Ocala Christian Academy. It takes everybody to, um, to really get involved in our school, and I really appreciate our volunteers. I appreciate our, te- our teachers. I appreciate the sacrifices that um, you all have made for our school as well as our teachers and staff, and I really appreciate that. If you would take your Bibles and turn to Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 6 I am um, I gave a little bit part of a devotional um, to our teachers uh, this past week so this is going to be a little bit of a rerun for your for the teachers on our staff so if you see a teacher or staff kind of dozing off just kind of give them a little nudge and and um, it, it'll be good I want to um, I want to thank my good friend Carl Zalet he's over here um, he's here with his family Um, he is uh, one of our County Commissioners and I just want to thank him for being here and his family and and they have homeschooled and that's something I can kind of relate to they've homeschooled their children that is a sacrifice there's a lot that goes into that and I I appreciate um, I appreciate y'all doing that it it, because I know what you're teaching your kids and I appreciate that so good good to have you here uh, this morning if you would uh, please stand for the reading of God's word, I'm going to, um, it's going to be Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 6, uh, 1 through 9, Deuteronomy 6. I believe that this is a passage in the Bible that is so, so relevant to today. I believe it's so relevant to... Um, as a Christian, the perspective of what as Christians we should be doing in educating um, our children. Deuteronomy 6, this is what it says in verse 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye may do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mayest fear the Lord thy God to keep all of his statutes and his commandments, which I commanded thee, thou thy son thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Israel, observe to do it, that, ye, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of our fathers had promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, when they walkest by the way, when they liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and, thou shalt be, and they shall be as frontlets between thy eyes. Thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, I just I want to come to you. Lord, I ask for your movement of the Holy Spirit today amongst your people. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone that doesn't know you as our Savior, that this would be the day of salvation for them. Lord, I just want to um, also lift up um, our teachers, Lord, our country. And Lord, we are in trouble. Lord, I just pray that you will uh, give us a revival in this land. Lord, I just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank You, you may be seated. Many would say that Christian education became popular um, in the late 1960s and in the early 70s. It was not long after Christian homes started realizing um, the, the effects that were happening when um, our Supreme Court removed God, they re- removed His Word, and they removed public prayer from the education system. In fact, Ocala Christian Academy started in 1972. So it was during that era that there was a realization that there was not Christian education, that our country was gonna be in trouble. It was actually in the 1600s, in 1620, when 102 devout Christians made a decision to cross the Atlantic Ocean in a small ship called the Mayflower and they were willing to sacrifice everything for religious freedom so that they could teach their children a biblical foundation. As a result of that, the first winter, over 40 of those pilgrims perished. It them their lives. That the next spring, the survivors were offered an opportunity to return to their homeland, but they all refused. You see, God's miraculous Mercy saved those pilgrims. It was actually a result of a couple of Indians, American Indians, um, and that story was confirmed by William Bradford. You see, our founding fathers of the United States, they were very much aware of the relation of education and liberty. They knew that people cannot be ignorant and free. In fact, Thomas Jefferson said this. He said, if a nation expects to be ignorant and free, In a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. Benjamin Franklin said this, A nation of well-informed men who who have been taught to know and prize the rights which God has given them cannot be enslaved. It is in the region of ignorance that tyranny begins. And then Benjamin Rush he was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence and a member of the Pennsylvania Constitutional Convention. He was a professor of medicine, a writer, a principal founder of Dickinson College, and he was a leader in education. He served on several Bible and medical societies and also on a society to, um, for the abolition of slavery. He wrote in 1806 this, in contemplating the political institutions of the United States, I lament that we waste so much time and money in punishing crimes and take so little pains to prevent them. We profess to be Republicans, yet we neglect the only means of establishing and perpetuating our Republican form of government. That is the universal education of our youth in the principles of Christianity by the means of the Bible. For this divine book, above all others, favors that equality among mankind, that respect for just laws, and those sober and frugal virtues, which constitute the soul of republicanism. Education in in colonial America was primarily centered on the home and church, with the Bible being the focal point of education, Schools were started to provide a Christian education to those who were not able to receive such training at home. And it was also used to supplement home education. Most education was home education during the colonial times. The first schools were started by churches, by churches. The first common school was originated with a, a law in Massachusetts in 1647. And that law stated this, it being one chief project, project of the old deluder, Satan, to keep men from the knowledge of the scriptures. The purpose of that school, they understood that, that scripture was paramount, paramount to the education of children because it was paramount to, sur- to the survival of the United States of America. Our founders realized and they recognized that Satan wants to keep people ignorant. If he can keep them ignorant, he can keep them in bondage. This also motivated not only schools in education, but also motivated colleges. Colleges and universities were started as seminaries to train a godly and literate clergy. In fact, at 106 of the first 108 colleges were actually found on the Christian faith. 106 out of 108 colleges that were started in America were founded on the Christian faith. Of one of the original rules and precepts of Harvard, you know, know, anybody have heard of Harvard University? It was Harvard College at the time, and this is what the statement said. Let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life in studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life, John 17, 3. And therefore to lay Christ in the bottom as only the foundation of all sound knowledge and learning, See, Harvard basically openly stated that the foundation of learning was Jesus Christ. Noah Webster also understood this very well. And I understand that this is maybe not a message for a Sunday morning, but I believe that God put us here today, God gave this message here today because we need to hear it. See, Noah Webster also understood this very well. He spent his entire adult life um, providing a foundation of liberty and prosperity for all citizens. Education from a Christian perspective was his key. In in, um, 1839, Noah Webster wrote this. Listen to this. Practical truths in religion, in morals, and in all civil and social concerns ought to be among the first and prominent objects of instruction. Without a competent knowledge of legal and social rights and duties, persons are often liable to suffer in property or reputation by neglect or mistakes. Without religious and moral principles deeply impressed in the mind and controlling the whole conduct, science and literature will not make men what laws of God require them to be. And without both kinds of knowledge... Citizens can't not, cannot enjoy the blessings which they seek and which a strict conformity to rules of duty will enable them to obtain. That was from Noah Webster. Is that not relevant today? I could go on giving you case after case after case of what our founders, of our founding fathers, and what they believed that the only way this republic could stay and could stand was on the Word of God, but it also they understood that it must be taught to generations to come. I'm going to fast forward to the 1920s. So we talked about back in the, our founding fathers, early 1800s, now I'm going to fast forward to 1920s. Shortly after World War I, Germany was in shambles. There was a young man by the name of Adolf Hitler, he came to the scene. And he was a leader of what was called the Nazi Party. Seeing the weakness of the German government at the time Hitler attempted to overthrow the Bavarian government thinking that it would actually feed into Berlin and actually overthrow Berlin and he could take over Germany. Well it failed and it cost him some time in prison. But during the time in prison, Hitler wrote a work that's well well known called Menkampf. And he worked on his oracle skills and he developed a strategic plan how to rise to power. The time was right, the economy was tanking, and he would not let a crisis go to waste. I'm not going to give you the whole plan this morning, but I am going to give you a basic principles that he <clears throat> that is really relevant Uh, to where we are in today's environment and very specifically in the United States of America. The economy. Hitler aided in taking a weak economy and created an economic disaster. He proceeded to drive the economy into the ground by creating hyperinflation. The way he accomplished this is he began printing worthless money and passing it out. Hitler then began to create a government programs and jobs. He socialized every aspect of the economy and the government. And the government became the people's savior. Separation of church and state. Hitler created a concept called positive Christianity. Does any of this sound familiar? You see, Hitler... Or, I'm sorry, you see, Germany was actually where that the Great Reformation started, was in Germany. Well, Hitler's philosophy was that the church could be the church as long as the church was a church in the four walls of their buildings. The state would govern a people. You do your church thing in the four walls and let the government do the government thing outside the four walls. That was his concept. He openly befriended the church, but quietly he began scrubbing every single aspect of religious holidays symbols from the public. Speaking out against the government was deemed as hate speech. He made allies with the church while diminishing the church's strength. Training and education of children became the responsibility of the state, not the parents. You see, the state was in charge, and they knew best for the education of children. It wasn't the parents. He took prayer out of the schools and all foundation of religious morality. So you see, the state dictated what was right and wrong. He imposed laws that made it nearly impossible for parents to homeschool their children and nearly impossible for private schools Because what he did is he imposed assessments that made it impossible for these children to do well. Does that sound familiar today? The state took full responsibility to teach children and the state propagated the curriculum. The children were literally being indoctrinated into Hitler's socialism. Today we see history repeating itself. What I'm getting ready to say is not going to be popular, and I'm sorry I love you, but I'm just going to say it anyway. The public education system has been indoctrinating our young people for many years into anti-patriotic, anti-God, and anti-constitutional philosophies. Marxism is teaching our young people not how to be good Americans, but how to be good Marxists. Our parents have been lulled to sleep with the government's babysitting service called public school system. COVID-19 has plagued our nation over the past couple years and what happened is it shut the school systems down and many went on to online learning. The only ones that weren't affected by that were homeschoolers because they were already homeschooling. Well parents began watching the classes that their children were taking and what they discovered is they just discovered philosophies and ideologies of such things as critical race theory which by the way had begun in schools nearly about 30 years ago but students had been taught how to hate other races how to hate your country and how to hate patriotism they also were taught how to hate authority and how to deny the very existence of the God who created them. Parents discovered that their children were being indoctrinated into Marxism. Many parents were absolutely in disbelief, and for the first time they began looking through their students' textbooks, and they found out that the public school system had been brainwashing our children into anti-patriotic, anti-God, and again anti-constitutional philosophies. Many school board meetings across the state and nation had been filled up with angry parents. We're calling out the school board members on this radical Marxist indoctrinations and of nature such as sexual orientation. Public school boards and government officials um, have been arguing with parents, with the government schools, saying that the government schools, we know best for the children, not you the parents. In fact, a former governor of Virginia was voted out because of that statement. But it's not a statement that is, is, is something of, of a statement that's rare. School boards across this country b- honestly believe that. They believe that they're in charge of the child's education and the parent doesn't have the right to, to have anything to do with the curriculum. And you think well that's not happened in Marion County because Marion County is a conservative County Rob, is that right conservative County got it a 70 year old lady was arrested in Marion County at a school board meeting and I actually watched the video of this and this lady did nothing wrong but she called out the school board she was arrested and I'm gonna go on and say this They attempted to get her to plea plea down her, her charges. She refused. They realized that there was absolutely no case so they ended up dropping the case. See, the public school system, they are scared to death of parents and what the parents are finding out. They're scared to death. In fact, the Justice Department has started to identify parents that are calling out school board members, that are calling out at school board meetings. They're, They're actually identifying them as domestic terrorists. I would encourage Christians that work in public schools, teachers, administrators, you have one of the greatest missions in America. Don't compromise that. Do not compromise that. Take a stand. Take a stand like Joseph Kennedy. He was a high school football coach that took a stand, but he knelt and prayed in midfield after a football game, and he was fired from his job. It took the United States Supreme Court to say that was okay. I'll just say this as a a side note to Ocala Christian Academy. I say this book right here, it's okay because this book says it's okay, and that's what governors, governs Ocala Christian Academy. It's a biblical worldview. This morning, that's the introduction. Okay, y'all have a, I mean, what time's lunch? Is that, Are we doing okay? This morning, I'm gonna give you four points on Christian education. I'm gonna give you the purpose of Christian education, I'm gonna give you the plan of Christian, for Christian education, the positive outcome of Christian education, and then I'm going to give you the testimony of Christian education. First of all, <clears throat> the purpose of Christian education. The reason for Christian education is if you look in verse uh, verse two, look down at verse two, and it says this, "That thou mightst fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statues and His commandments, which I commanded thee, thou and thy son." and thy son's son all the days of thy life that thy thy days may be be prolonged. That's the first reason and purpose of Christian education. And then secondly, go down to verse 5. Go down to verse 5. It says this. Look in verse 5. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. The purpose of of Christian education are those two key points. This morning, I would say to parents very simply that Christian education is critically important for your young person because Christian education will teach your child to love the Lord your God. And it will also teach them to love others as their self. You see, Jesus said that those two things held all the laws together. Those two, very simple. <clears throat> love God and love others. The second one is the plan for Christian education. The plan for Christian education. Go to verse 7. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children... And shall talk of them when they sit us down, when they sit us in thy house, and when they walk us by the way, and when they lie us down and when they rise up. Tell me how, tell me how you can teach your child from a government, allow your child to be taught in a government school that teaches anti-God philosophies all day long. And then you think that you're going to deprogram them in a couple hours and in the evening. Tell me how that works. I mean, God's word is so, so clear on this. And the children of Israel, they were getting ready to go in the promised land when this directive was given. They were getting ready to go across the Jordan into the promised land. And God wanted to lay out, look, you're going to become a nation, a great, great nation. But if you're not going to, but you, if you're going to be a great, great nation, then you have got to be, have a biblical worldview. In verse 8, it says, I should bind them for a sign upon thy hand, thou shalt be as frontlets between thy eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. See, the plan is really simple. It is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. You live it. You breathe it. You walk it. You talk the word of, word of God to your children's lives. You live it out daily. You're consistent, godly living, parents. Consistent, godly living in a day in, day out in front of your children. That is what a biblical worldview is and it's the parents responsibility to educate your children it's your parents responsibility the way I explained it Friday night is Ocala Christian Academy we go into a contract with the parent but we understand that you are responsible for your child's education you're responsible we contract with you that we will teach your child biblical principles we will teach them reading writing arithmetic Go figure. But we'll do it all from a biblical worldview. Everything we do, and that is our contract with our parents. And then number three is the result of Christian education. The result of Christian education. First of all, the result is that your days may be prolonged. Look at the last part of verse 2. That thy days may be prolonged. Prolonged. And then secondly, result of Christian education, that God will protect you from your enemies. Go to verse 9. Go to verse 9 and look at that. It says, To cast out all thine enemies from before thee as the Lord hath spoken. And then the results of Christian education, um, the third one is God's blessing upon your life and your nation and our nation. Look at verse 3. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers had promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Our founding fathers completely understood this concept. They completely understood it. And this is so, so applicable to America today. We are losing our nation because of Christian education. God's blessings on this nation is we have lost that. Our children are being taught that there's more than two sexes. Our children are being taught Marxism. They're being taught to hate different races. And it's actually it's being used through critical race theory. You see My Bible, I'm a simple guy. I read something from God's word and I say, hey, that's not only relevant, but it's applicable to to my life, to me. It's really simple. In Genesis, God said he created a man and a woman. That's it. Okay, that's it. It's simple. And by the way, follow the science. It's the same thing because God's word will follow the science because God's word is primary. It is the number one. It is the book, that there is, no, there is no error. So if the science isn't matching, then the science needs to go back and do some more science. Because God's word says he created man and woman. End of story. The other thing he said is he says God, in, in Genesis, God created man in his image. In his image. Again, this is real, real simple to me. God created man in his image. So we all have the same DNA. Now we have different DNA. You know, I've got, you know, I can't, I've got bad eyes and, and some of you have really good eyes. Reuben here, we're brothers. I know it's hard, but take a look at him. We're brothers. Because God said it. God said he created man in his image. Okay? And there is no place... There's no place for critical race theory. There's no place for racism with a Christian. None. None. And Ocala Christian Academy, that's what we believe. It's really simple. It's really simple. And we, it's something that we just absolutely won't tolerate. And as a Christian, when you're going and putting your kids in government schools and they're pitting races against each other, because that is what they're thinking that they're going to do be, to be successful in creating a socialistic state. That's the purpose of that, it's Marxism. Then we have a problem. And God says that if you do this, if you have a biblical worldview, if you teach your children not just go to church, I'm going to teach my child how to be good, but I'm going to teach my child. 365 days a year, 24-7, when they go to sleep, when they wake up, it's going to be on their doorpost when they leave. They're going to see Christ in me. They're going to see Christ in everything that I do. Children aren't dumb, they're very, very smart. They see inconsistencies in our life. They see it. Teachers, they see inconsistencies in our life. Adults, grandparents, they see inconsistencies in our life. Parents, they see inconsistencies. And we as Christians need to take this, take these verses and we need to live out our faith in everything we do. We are not perfect. We mess up. But when we do, we, get, we confess it to our Lord and we confess it to our children if we've done something that is inconsistent in their lives. That's what we do, and we move on. God's blessings upon your life and this nation depends on a biblical worldview in education. And then number four, number four. The testimony of Christian education. The testimony of Christian education. First and foremost, God gets the glory. God gets the glory. Um, and go to verse 20. Go to verse 20. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? And then go to verse, finally in verse 25, it says this: And it shall be our righteousness. If we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us, the testimony of the family, the testimony of our nation. I believe right now that there is a great awakening in America. Godless philosophies have been infiltrating public education systems for many, many years. I believe that parents are now waking up to it. America is now reaping what we are sowing. Parent, grandparent, guardian, <clears throat> placing your young person in a government school system is no longer an option for a believer. Um, For many, many years, I've been in public education, I've been in public policy education. And for many years, I would go around the state and I would give speeches on education. And I would say this, I would say, parent, it's your responsibility, I'd, I'd do that, I'd say that. It's your responsibility to educate your child. But it's between you and God of how you educate your child. And that's all true. But then I'd go on to say this, whether it is home education, whether it is Christian education, whether it is public school education, whatever that looks like, that's between you and God. And that's all true, but what I do is I'm actually just kind of, because I'm in public policy and I kind of, um, on several boards with public education, I was kind of giving everybody like a little pass. You know, if you got your kid in public, if you have your kid in public schools, you know, then that's between you and God, and you got to work that out. I get that. I'm telling you, I've been in 67 school boards, districts in the state of Florida. I have parents, I used to have parents all across the state say, you know, I hear what you're saying, but that's not going on in my school. I'm telling you right now, it's going on in your school. I have proved that out, I have lived that out, I have seen that every single day. I see these textbooks, I've seen these textbooks. There was 50% of textbooks in the state of Florida, they're no longer there, but 50% of school systems had a textbook that was, um, that had 40 some pages, 42 pages of Islam in it, it was propagating Islam. It wasn't historical information, it was propagating Islam. And it had two places of Judaism and Christianity, and both of those were, were not even accurate. I've seen that. I've seen textbooks, 50% of the textbooks, say that, that um, it was, there was more freedom under Islam than Christianity in America. I've seen those textbooks. And, and oh, did I mention that I got that textbook out of Marion County? didn't mention that did I? I'm telling you folks it's everywhere. Our, our, our governor Department of Education just took out a large large number of books and they were math books. Mr. Brown, how can they mess up a math book? Well I'll tell you how they did it. They were indoctrinating kids using it. They were using using um, questions math questions, word problems and they were making assumptive language that were, that were of critical race theory, that were Marxist ideologies in math books. This is in Florida. This is all across the state this is going on, and some of those books were in Marion County, which I sat there and listened to some school board members say, oh, that wasn't in Marion County. Either you are absolutely don't have a clue what your job is, or you're a liar. You pick one, I'm not sure which, but that's, that's a fact. Oh, by the way, I'm getting on public education, I'm just gonna keep going. If you think that secular education is okay once your child gets out of high school, let me back up. How many people remember when you are 18? Mr. Woodard, I understand. I get I, I understand why you don't you don't remember that. I remember when I was eighteen, okay, and if I walked into a university and I had a professor very methodically completely destroy my biblical foundations, I don't think I'd be here today. Is is Christian universities Are they perfect? Nope. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of bad stuff that goes on in Christian universities. Okay, and I I think everything bad I can ever imagine goes on at Christian university, I think I saw it. Okay, the difference is, it was dealt with. It wasn't norm, it wasn't the norm. And I'm just telling you, the stats would show that what I'm telling you is true. 66% 66% of young people who grow up in a Christian home and attend church regularly will leave the faith in a secular university by the time they're a sophomore. And you say, well, how about Christian universities? I mean, they're probably the same. No, it's not. It's actually the numbers are, are um, it's about 30% actually leave the faith. Um, but they end up leaving it after they get out of school. So you're comparing 30% to 66%. The the thing is, and I understand that it's a relationship, okay? A school, Ocala Christian Academy cannot save you. Um, Central Baptist Church cannot save you. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ that saves you. But when you have somebody pounding you day in and day out, challenging your faith, challenging what you what what you believe, as an 18-year-old, 17-year-old, it's going to take a toll, and it normally does. Um, am I saying that everybody that goes to a public university is going to come out on the other end, um, walking away from their faith? I didn't say that, but the numbers say that more than likely you will. High probability. Um, I would really be careful as a parent about that. The purpose of Ocala Christian Academy, the purpose of Christian education is to aid parents in giving their God-given responsibility to educate their children. There are many children that are being raised by single moms today, single dads, relatives, grandparents. Many times we, we have no idea what these children are going through. I did not have any idea. I had no idea. Uh, kids that go through our school, that are in our school, um, they have, there's, there's lives that if you knew, are horrific. They're horrific lives. They show up to school um, many times, Many times they don't eat. Many times they have to take care of all their siblings because the parents aren't even in the house. It's horrific. We really don't have any idea what these kids are going through. But teachers, I'm I'm including public school teachers as well. Church, we need to stand in the gap for that. We need to stand in the gap. That is the purpose of the church. Many will never know this side of heaven, the eternal outcome when you stand in the gap. Church, Ocala Christian Academy desperate needs you to stand in the gap. We need bus workers to stand in the gap. We need Sunday school workers to stand in the gap. We need master club workers to stand in the gap. We need teen ministries to Stand in the Gap. Central Baptist Church, Ocala Christian Academy, you may be the only example what a Christian home looks like. There are many people that came Friday night. This place was packed. It was standing room only. They were packed all the way around the sides. I'm glad there wasn't any fire marshal around. Many of those parents, it's the first time they've ever darkened the doors of a church. They don't know how to act. And that's not what's important. What's important is their soul. That's what's important. America is screaming for help. And you, the church you have the answer. Every head bowed, every eye closed.